Okay. Are you ready to get in the Word tonight? Hot off the kitchen table. So, I know so, some people like to get them off sermons.com. I, I tend to go to the Holy Spirit. It's a joke. All right, Acts chapter 10 is where we'll start tonight. Acts chapter 10. When I got up this morning, uh, I didn't know exactly what the Lord would have me share tonight. He said this, deal with fear and impart faith. So that's what we're going to do tonight. So just in case uh, you don't know where I'm going, we're dealing with fear and we're imparting faith. Acts chapter 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. And last time I started with this verse, I talked about how there were great men of the Bible that were full of, and the Amplified used, full of and controlled by the Holy Spirit. And uh, this verse tonight we're going to concentrate on the Holy Spirit and with power. And this word power comes from the Greek word dunamis or dunamis, whichever you will. And this word dunamis or dunamis is the word that we get the word dynamite. And what it means is power through God's ability, miracle working power, and it describes a power that is an inherent power residing in a person by virtue of its nature. In other words, this word inherit means that it is something that is inseparable. And so when it talks about the Holy Spirit and power, is that you can't talk about the Holy Spirit without power. Power is inseparable from the Holy Spirit. So it is in the Holy Spirit's DNA that when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, what comes with the Holy Spirit is power. Can you say power? power. Can you say it like you mean it? Power. Can you say it like you have some? Power. power. In, in Russia, Ukraine, the word is sila. So we go over there, we say power. They say sila, power. And that's what it says that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. You know, Jesus did no miracles until after the Holy Spirit came on him at, when, he, when John the Baptist baptized him and, and the Spirit of God descended like a dove upon him. And at that point is when he went out and did miracles after that. Power. You can't have power or you can't have the Holy Spirit without power. You can't have power without the Holy Spirit. Now there is... Power in the name of Jesus. And Jesus has authorized every believer to use his name. And there is power in that name. And we sang about that tonight. So every believer has the, the name of Jesus. And guess what? Demons flee and demons tremble at the name of Jesus. We used to go into the local high school. 
And we taught, uh, the kids could come down for lunch to a classroom where we had a Bible lesson. And I remember one little, uh, I know I've shared this before, but one little young man came up and said, you know, I see monsters in my room. And I said, anytime you see them, you say the name of Jesus. You say the name of Jesus, get out of here. And he came back and said the monsters were gone. So there's power in the name of Jesus. You don't have to have a, a Bible school or, or a, or a uh, you know, years and years of study to understand that Jesus gave us authority to use his name. And he sent them out. Say, in my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll raise the dead. They'll heal the sick. But these two things are inseparable. Power and the Holy Spirit. But that doesn't always mean that you will use this power. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight is there are some things that can get in our life like fear that can cause this power that's in you to be inoperable. It's almost like having a loaded shotgun and you never pull the trigger. The power's there. All you got to do is pull the trigger, but you never pull the trigger. When I was uh, younger, I'd say I was 10, I went over to a friend's house, and this friend had a lot of land. And on Sunday afternoons, that's what we kind of did. We'd go over to people's house. Hey, can I spend the day at your house? And my my one friend had a go-kart. And that was great because we rode his go-kart around his house. And, and um, that was great on Sundays to go over to somebody's house. So this friend went over to this house, and he, he was into hunting and those kinds of things. And he had a three-wheeler, four, you know, at that time it was three-wheelers before four-wheelers came out. And it was around Christmas time. And in Louisiana, where I grew up, uh, we had these trees that had hanging moss. Well, they wanted to get some of the moss down from the trees so that they could uh, decorate their house with it. So we took out a 20-gauge ga- shotgun out there. And, uh, you know, I watched them as they would shoot the moss down and the moss would fall from the trees. And they said, here, you try it now. And so I, I aimed up there. This is the first time I've ever shot a gun ever. They said, yeah. And he's he said, yeah, yeah, just, just, just put your eye right on there. <laughs> Messing with me. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, just put your eye right on there. And make sure you can see all the way down the barrel through that, through that little sight up there. And yeah, just put, put, put your eye right on it. And then, boom. Now I hit my target. And I had a nice little black eye from hitting my target. But I got the moss down from the tree. But I felt the power that came out of that 20 gauge. There was power in that 20 gauge. And I can't, and I felt it now. Then, uh, you know, now, now I've got a 12 gauge, uh, shotgun that my dad gave me. And, uh, Drew's been trying to claim, lay claim to it, you know, uh, all this time. And, and I've got another gun that my dad gave me, a 30 alt six that's barely been shot. And he's trying to lay claim to that. That 30 alt 6, you want to talk about something that's got some power? There's some power in that 30 alt 6. I know you're laughing at me because you've seen the way I shoot. 
My wife's actually a better shot than me. I'm just going to put that out there. (laughs) So how do we know this to be true, that that there is power with the Holy Spirit? Well, Jesus, well, in Acts 10, 38, it says Holy Spirit and power. But Jesus said in Acts 1, verse 8, he said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. What's the power for? The power is to be witnesses. The power is not to go around saying, look at me, how much power I have. But the power is to be a witness unto him, for him, throughout the ends of the earth. Jesus also said in in Luke chapter uh, 24 and verse 49, he said, I sent, I can't read it, my writing. Verse 49, Luke chapter 24, verse 49. I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power. Power. Until you be endued with power. Or sila, as they say in Ukraine or Russia. So Jesus said right there, he's telling him, go, and the promise of my father is going to come. He said, it's better for me to go away so that you'll receive this promise. With this promise was the power so that we can be witnesses unto him. Now, when I was, uh, uh, I guess I'm a senior in high school now, and for a while I've been driving around this Buick Skylark that the, the transmission slipped on it. So you had to rev it up to get it to, to get it to go in first gear. And um, anyway, well, then mom and dad got this uh, Buick Regal. Well, the Buick Regal had a six-cylinder, so it had a little more power. And uh, I could definitely get a wheel, you know, burn rubber. That's what we used to say, burn rubber in the Buick Regal. (laughs) Are y'all so spiritual that you've never done any of this? (laughs) And so... I would burn rubber in the Buick Regal, and um, my dad, I was like, Dad, you know I'm a senior now, and uh, it's kind of embarrassing driving this Buick Skylark to school. You know, the transmission slips. You know, I'm not the coolest kid in school. Well, I drive, so I park in the back of the parking lot. And um, so anyway, we find this Datsun 280Z twin-turbo engine. Now, this thing, I think it was like a 80-something, 86 or something. I can't remember the year. But anyway, it was this nasty brown and copper color. And so I liked the car. So my dad just bought it and brought it home. He's like, here you go. And it had uh, T-tops in it. So you take out the T-tops. And so that was kind of cool. Ugliest color you've ever seen. 
unless you're into brown and copper, then, you know, that's your deal. But dad says, uh, I found a guy that can paint it for a thousand dollars. So he spent 2000 on the car and then we go paint it a thousand dollars. Candy, apple, red, y'all candy, apple, red. And so this car, do you have that picture? I brought a picture. There I am. Hey, 1992 Forever True. I got the Letterman jacket on. I got the candy apple red car. And you see uh, that on the left side of the car that that looks like a vent. You see that where I'm standing? Right underneath where I'm standing. Well, what that was was an air intake valve for the turbo. So that the turbo could get air in and, and it, you know, goes faster. Well, I'm cruising uh, down the interstate one day and, you know, just driving, just driving. And this semi is in front of me and I thought, you know, I don't see what this thing can do. And boom, I punch it and you could hear it. And I've, I've whipped in around that, that semi and, and that air take vent popped up like this. And it scared me. I thought, I thought I broke the car because I've never seen this happen before. And so like, I'm feeling really bad about it. Drew, close your ears. So I'm feeling really bad about this. And so I go home and I, and I, I've got to confess this to my dad. Dad, I think, um, I might've broke the car. I don't know. Or something's wrong with it, but the air intake, this, uh, this, this thing came up, it popped up off the, did, did I, did I, is it loose or I was afraid it was going to fly off. He goes, no son. Um, it only does that if you're going at least 85 miles an hour. I was busted. But that, that thing would fly up so that more wind could get in so that it could create more. Say it like you mean it. This sermon is participatory. All mine are. If y'all like to be silent when Pastor Justin speaks, that's up to you. When I speak... I, I appreciate participation. Very needy like that. So with the Holy Spirit and power, let's look at, let's go over to, uh, I want to show you a couple of examples in, in Scripture. One thing that this power will produce in our life is boldness. That is a attribute or characteristic of power. And so in Acts chapter uh, 4, Acts chapter 4, verse 29, this is Peter saying, Now, Lord, Look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. 
And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word with boldness. Now I looked up this word boldness and in the Greek, what this word boldness means is freedom of speech. That's what this word means. It means freedom of speech. Now, as Christians, we think that our freedom of speech has been taken from us. But that's not true. It's like when I went into the school, in the, in the public setting, Nikki and I would go in there and do these Bible studies. I said, okay, well... Um, I asked the, the guy that had, had done this for all these years, I said, well, is there anything that we can't do? You know, and, and I said, well, um, can we pray for kids? He goes, oh, yeah, you can pray for kids. So okay, you know, and, and uh, you know, we just got to watch, you know, we want to stay away from the speaking in tongues and, the, you know, this kind of thing. So okay, well, anyway, we're going in there into this public school setting, and I remember that, in this one classroom, there was times where we get, I think we counted like 120 kids that would come on their lunch, bring their lunch in, and we would teach them. Well, I would preach the word bully, and it got so loud in there, I bought this little um, speaker system that uh, had a microphone, and, you know, some of y'all might, might have used to carry that on your shoulder back in the 80s. No. When you were wearing your jams, remember those, and your parachute pants? Parachute pants are back, by the way. They're back. They are. I saw them this past weekend. I said, I said, you know, you know what we used to call those? He goes, parachute pants. I said, yeah. I said, and I had a pair, and I was cool. And I said, now... Does it cause you to walk with a Detroit lean? He goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, but you got to wave it. You got to wave the wind. It's a black man. He said, you got you to wave the wind. He's like, like, wave the wind. I said, I, said, I see you kind of leaning back like that. He goes, yeah, you got to lean back. The parachute pants. What was I talking about before that? Oh, yeah. So we're in the school and preaching the word. Well, this, this little, this girl was blind from birth. And I just thought, you know, when I saw this little girl, she had a, she had a a walking stick, you know, boom, 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 boom. As she walks the halls and she would always stay on this side of the hall near, near the wall. And so she could feel around, feel her way around. Well, she started coming up. And anyway, I just said, man, we're going to go for it today. We're going to go for it. I, I don't know what I can and can't do really, but we preached the word and I gave a salvation call. And the first person to respond was this little blind girl. And so she's coming up, she's banging into all the desks because this wasn't a clear path to get up to where we were. And, and, uh, and she gets saved right there in the public high school, on the lunch. And, you know, we had a lot of kids that got born again. Well, (laughs) 
I heard her in the hallway one day as we're coming up the stairs. And I was like, hey, you guys going to FCS? That's what we call it, Fellowship of Christian Students. You guys going to FCS today? And, and of course, she knows her, my voice. And she goes, oh, yeah, we're going. And the, the, I heard the little girl next to her says, oh, my parents won't let me do that. And the, the little blind girl says, oh, mine wouldn't either. Just don't tell them. <laughs> That little girl's going to heaven, you know, because someone was bold enough in a setting where they say, oh, no, 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 you you can't pray. You can't preach the gospel. You can't do this. You can't do that. Who said? Who said I can't? Did Jesus say I couldn't? So Peter's saying, look on their threats. You know, Satan's going to rise up and, and how he threatens is through words. It's amazing what words will do to somebody. Because there's power in words. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So there's power in words. And when somebody comes at you with a threat, then what are you going to do in response? And so... Peter's saying, Lord, look on their threats and grant to us with all boldness that we may, with, with freedom of speech, Lord, that we may speak your word. Now, I want to read this in the Amplified. It says, and now, Lord, observe their threats and grant to your bond servants full freedom to declare your message fearlessly. I submit to you that why many Christians don't share the gospel is because they're not fearless. Because they fear man. What might this person say to me if I say this? So do you fear man more than you fear God? Because the more fear of man you'll have, the less fear of God you'll have. The more fear of God you'll have, the less fear of man you'll have. And when I use the fear of God, I'm talking about awe and reverence for God. And so we got to deal with fear and drive it out and recognize areas in our life where fear has crept in. That's why I don't watch horror movies. We don't allow those in our house. It's not because we're legalistic or because we're so spiritual. It's because what that does to me is it affects, it affects me where uh, you know, I become afraid. And so I'm not going to put something in me that causes me to be afraid. That's just one example. But there's, there's so many different things where, where Satan will, will plant these seeds of fear. And when you're operating in fear, then your boldness is going to be less and less and less. If you're yielding to that fear. So if you go on back to verse 7, Acts chapter 4. Now, what had happened was, y'all know the story, the, the lame man at the gate, beautiful. Peter and John were walking. It's in chapter 3. 
He's, and uh, he said, silver and gold have I none such as I have. Give I thee the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. They went walk, walking and leaping and praising God. Well, this created a stir in the town because this guy had been there for years. Years and years and years and years and years and years. And now he's walking and leaping and praising God. Well, how did this happen? So the, so the religious people got together and the town people got together. The important people got together. This is causing quite a stir. And so they're asking these questions. And so we pick up in verse 2. It says, being greatly disturbed, chapter 4, verse 2, that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. So are you preaching that, that Jesus rose from the dead? Oh, you betcha. He's alive and well. Unlike all the other gods and all the other religions where they serve a dead God. But our God is alive and we're going to see him. He's in our future. He walks with us and talks with us. His name's not Andy. Verse four, many of those who heard the word believed and the number of the men came to about 5,000. Verse seven. So they laid hands on them, verse 7, they said, when they set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. What is inherent or in the Holy Spirit's DNA? You're getting it. So you could say this, Peter, then Peter, filled with said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means has he been made well? I'm reading this how I think he would have read it. Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, Whom God raised from the dead by him, this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other. There's no other gods. There's no other way to heaven. There's no other way to God except through Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So he says, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So there. And here in verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness, what was boldness? The power of but the freedom of speech by which they fearlessly preached the gospel. Now, by this boldness that they saw and what they said, fearlessly preaching the gospel, 
they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. One of my favorite sermons that Dr. Savell teaches that I've got in a tape cassette case in my bookshelf that I listened to over 20 years ago was that, that God makes champions out of nobodies. You can be untrained. You can be uneducated. You don't need to have a doctor, a doctorate in front of your name. You don't need to be a college graduate. You don't need to have a master's. You don't need to have a doctorate. You can be uneducated, untrained, and people can tell and see that they realize they had been with Jesus. They could see it. It says they saw it. It wasn't what they heard. It's what they saw. (laughs) I don't know how some of you are going to take this next story. But I was, I had to go to Michigan for five weeks. And we have a seasonal business and and that's a busy time, mid-July to end of August. And I came back pouting because nobody was asking about me, by the way. I was gone five weeks. Where's the love, guys? Where's the love? Anyway, one day I was in prayer and I was saying this Airbnb and uh, I had went and joined Planet Fitness because I figured... You know, if I had time, I was gonna, I was gonna build myself up spiritually yeah. <laughs> and physically. Well, I way overdid it. Uh, <laughs> that was that's another story. <laughs> By walking on the treadmill every day, uh, your your knee can swell up after the fifth day, apparently. <laughs> but anyway, I'm in prayer and. Um, this morning in particular, I tangibly felt the presence of God come in the room. Woo! And, you know, I, I was praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the understanding. I was praising, I was worshiping. Mm-hmm. I had worship music playing, and I just had a, just an awesome time in the presence of God. I wish every time was like that, but sometimes, you know, I, I'm not, uh, I'm, we're, we're all being perfected, you know. And, but this time I, I, I knew I'd been in his presence. And I've been studying for, for years now, for years. Isaiah 60, where it says, arise and shine for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And so I've studied this back and forth and uh, backwards, forwards, done Greek studies, all this stuff, just building my faith that I believe that people will see the glory on me. In me, but I'm talking about on me, like they, like they'll, they could tangibly see the light because in the darkness, it says darkness covered the earth. Gross darkness, the people. Gross darkness, the people. 
I can look at people sometimes and tell if they're a Christian or not. And I believe that as we get closer to the return of Jesus, that that separation between light and dark will become more and more clear and more and more contrasting and gross darkness to people. Well, anyway, I knew I'd been in the presence of God, just had a great time. So I'm walking down to Planet Fitness, and um, I had one phone call to make to a client to, to reschedule a time. Quick phone call. So I get in there, check in all that, and then I, I make this phone call. And on Planet Fitness, there's a, <laughs> there's a, big, a big sign that says, Judgment-free zone. Judgment-free zone. I'm like, well, that's great. So you can be, you know, fat, skinny, in shape, out of shape, judgment-free. Be in Planet Fitness. Everybody loves each other, you know. Kumbaya. And so I go in there, and I, so I, I call, the, hey, yeah, yeah, we need to change that time for this. It's okay if we come to this and that. And all of a sudden, this lady bum rushes me. Like, is that a bad word? Why are you laughing? I don't know. These kids today, words that I used to say, I guess sometimes aren't. So then I want to be sensitive to that. But I'm sorry. I'm just not woke. So anyway, she comes up right, right. I mean, she's right in my face. I'm on the phone. She's right in my face like this. And I look at her and she goes, you're not supposed to be on the phone in here like this. And she's pointing real angry eyes, like real mean looking. Well, I've just been in the presence of the Lord. And I, I'm telling you, I knew that that devil in her saw the light that was on me. Because after all, it's a judgment-free zone. And there's no sign that says you can't be on your cell phone. And she goes... There's signs that say, look around, there's signs that say you can't be on that phone. And I looked all around. I didn't see one sign. There's other people on their cell phones. And so I knew right away by the spirit that this was a spirit on her or in her that was agitated that saw the light. And so I, so I'm on, the, I'm on a call. I said, go away, go away, go away. <laughs> now, normally I'm not going to treat somebody like that, but I'm just telling you, I had spent time with Lord and I knew what this was. I've seen these things before. This lady wasn't going to, wasn't going to, oh, come here. Did your mommy beat you and come to Jesus? So I walked away. I'm still on the phone. She follows me and gets back in my face and does this. I said, go away, go away, go away, go away. And I finished my call. Well, I, I, got, I got done with it. And I was like, Lord, what was that? And she, he, he said, she saw the light. That was in you. And whatever was 
agitating her, whatever what was on her, didn't like that. Coming all up in her, their space, invading their... I was in... I was in Times Square in New York City. We took Drew for his uh, graduation. That's, that, that, we're going to go to a graduation trip, go to New York City. And I'm sitting in Times Square. Uh, Nikki and Drew go into a coffee shop, and I'm just sitting there. And all of a sudden, this guy, this guy comes back, and, and I see him staring at me. He's like staring at me. And he, he's walking like this. And he comes back this way. Real ugly, mean looking. I'm just sitting there. I'm not even doing anything. And so then I start praying in tongues. Well, if you're going to, then I'm going to, you. I start praying in tongues. And I said, Lord, what, what is going on? The light invaded that, that demon, that was his territory. And the light invaded the territory. Well, we would pray when we would go into schools that everywhere the sole of our foot shall tread was ours. Do you understand that with the Holy Spirit, and power, that's the kind of authority and power. Jesus said, Matthew 28, 18, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth, all power of rule has been given to me, Jesus, in heaven and earth. And he says, go, therefore. So what was he doing? He was delegating the power and authority that he had gone to hell to get back from Satan, to steal the keys back. Say, I came down here legally. You're now defeated. You've got no more power. I'm taking your power. And I'm going back and I'm giving it to my people because my people were the ones that were supposed to have it from the beginning. We were supposed to walk this earth with dominion and authority from time's beginning. He says all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. A lot of Christians don't know the authority and the power that they have in Jesus. Satan is defeated. Oh, yeah, well, well, look around. I mean, what's going on? I mean, look at COVID and look at this. Maybe you're looking at the wrong things and you're causing those things to cause you to draw back. But for the Christian, what happened? You know, we used to sing, <laughs> we used to sing these songs that were, you would say, like militant songs, you know. They rush on the city. They run on the wall. Great is the army that carries out his word. Blow the trumpet in Zion, Zion. Sound the alarm on that holy mountain. Blow the trumpet in Zion, Zion. Sound the alarm. We used to sing these songs like we're the army. We're the army of God. (laughs) I like that commercial. The guy's laying on the couch, and uh, he says, he's laying back, and he's, the psychiatrist is sitting there, and he says, and that's why the color yellow makes me feel sad. 
And the man and the psychiatrist responds, well, why don't you go down to Manby Panby land and buy yourself some self-confidence? We're the army of the living God. Let me come over here. We are the army, Lieutenant Colonel, of the living God. Be afraid of us. The devil should be afraid of you every day you wake up and your foot hits the ground. Demonic forces should shout, oh no, they're, they're awake again. Yeah. Amen. He's defeated. The Bible says that in the end, he'll be displayed and, and people will say, that's him? This is the one that deceived the whole world? That's who we are. We are the army of the living God. And we have the power, the authority. It's it's in him. It's not in you. It's in him and he's in you. This guy called me, uh, well, let me, let, me, let me share something with you first. So, they saw Peter's boldness, and they knew that these men, untrained and uneducated, they knew they had been with Jesus. Can people see that you've been with Jesus? And I submit to you that a lot of Christians aren't as bold as they should be because they don't spend time with Jesus. I am the vine, you are the branches. You abide in me and I in you. Without me, you can do nothing. So the fact for people to think that we can just walk through this life as a Christian, you became a Christian because you were missing something in your life, you knew it. You might as well just jump all in and go full trust in the Lord. Might as well. Still cannonball right in there. So spending time with Jesus. And I'll add this. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Jude and verse 20 says, Building yourself up on your most holy faith. Make, making progress rise like an edifice higher and higher. So it says when we pray, this is the Amplified, when we pray in the Holy Spirit that we are like an edifice, which is, which is a magnificent building structure that rise higher and higher. You ever seen a, a, a you know, high-rise building as they're building it and they just keep going, it just keeps going higher and higher? That's what it says that when we pray in the Holy Ghost, we, we go higher and higher. It's building us up. It's giving us boldness. 
But notice the lesson here in what Peter did when Satan tried to intimidate him. By what power and what name have you done this? And Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit and power, which produces boldness, said, said, you got to say something. You have freedom of speech to be fearless in preaching this gospel. Amen. There's pastors getting arrested right now. Because the government thinks they can take that freedom from them. But you know what? They'll go to the prison and preach in there. You can't stop the preaching of the gospel. This, this internet right here, this, this goes all over the world. And the preaching of the gospel is in Ukraine, Russia, Africa, India, China, all over through the airways. The preaching of the gospel, it can't be stopped. It can't be stopped. He said something. All right, I'm going to start wrapping this up. You ready? Second Timothy. Very familiar passage of scripture, Second Timothy. Faith is rising in here. Faith is rising. Can you feel it? It's rising. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. I could, I could preach on that. Verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, a spirit of fear. That's that's why Deborah, I get I get a little nervous when we sing songs and say spirit this and spirit that without putting holy in front of it. It's just me. That's just my thing. It's not a doctrine or whatever. I just there's a lot of spirits. You go to the bar, it says food and spirits. All kinds of spirits in there. You can go in the bar and pick one up and take it out with you. I'm not kidding. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a... You can't... Uh, operate in the Holy Spirit power that God's given you if you have a spirit of fear. That power will be less and not operate at full capacity. You can't, He's given us uh, power, love, you can't Walk in love and love people as God loves people if you have a spirit of fear and you're yielding to that. Not you have it, but you're yielding to 
that spirit. Because you're going to always think to yourself, well, I wonder what they might, in this, in this fear, what if I, what if they? But if God tells you to do something, by the Holy Spirit in love, you know, we want to be obedient. We want to have the boldness to be able to do that. I, I wrote this in my Bible. I don't know who said it. Fear cannot exist without self-concern. Fear cannot exist without self-concern. There is no self in love. God is love. That's what it says in 1 John. God is love. There's no fear in love. There's no fear in God. There's no fear in love. Perfect love, that's why it says, perfect love casts out fear. He's given us power, love. You don't, you don't know love until you have the love of God on the inside of you. That is a higher form, the highest form of love is the love of God. It can cause you to love people that are unlovable. Power, love, and of a sound mind. Now, I looked up this word sound mind. This is interesting. The word that first comes up is self-control. And it goes on to describe an inner outlook which regulates outward behavior. So what you see on the inside comes out on the outside. And so if you're seeing who you are in Christ, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm above and not beneath. I'm, a, I'm an heir to the throne, joint heir with Jesus. I'm a soldier of the army. I'm a sheep in his pasture. I've got the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. I am who he says I am. If that's what you see, then that behavior will come out. This is, this is what a sound mind means. It's someone who does not command himself, but is commanded by God. It's someone who is not command, commanding himself, but is commanded by God. People think they can do wherever you want, move wherever you want, take a job in this city, that city. James talks about that. You know, woe to you if you're going to go over here to this city, say, we'll do this, go over here without consulting the Lord. Someone who is well balanced from God's God's perspective. That's what this word sound mind means. Well, you're not going to be well balanced if you are yielding to fear in your life. Because that fear will cause you to be unbalanced in your life. Fear of not having enough money. Fear of success. Fear of failure. There are so many things the devil can come at you with. But we have to be like Peter, and we have to respond with what we say 
So what are you saying? What's, what's in your heart that's coming out of your mouth to be able to deal, deal with the threats and the fear? Had a guy call me. I didn't know he disguised himself as a customer. So I called him back. And the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, shows us things to come. So I was on vacation. And I remember where we were. We were in Destin, Florida. I was actually on the balcony looking out at the water. And the Holy Spirit said, he's not who he says he is. He's a, he's a competitor, told me. And so I, I looked the guy up and found him. So I knew all about him by the time I called him back. I said, uh, hey, this is Eric. Yeah, you called. Yeah, I just want to know uh, how you do this. Well, that's, that's interesting for a customer to ask me something like that. Did you buy one of our products or well, this and that? And he asked me like two or three more questions. And I said, hey, let's cut to the chase. I know who you are. I know you're such and such with such and such a company. What is it that you want? I'm going to come down there. I'm moving to that city. I've already called your clients. I'm coming down there and I'm going to take all your business. And you can't go sign these other people because I've already got them. But blah, blah, blah. Just making threats. Well, I had just been reading in in Daniel that day. And the, the three... Uh, Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when the, when the king said, if you, if you don't bow, then you burn. And they responded to him, and in the message translation that I had read, it says, Oh, king, your threat means nothing to us. So this rose up out of me. I said, your threat means nothing to me. You, it'll not be as you say. And I'm still here and hung up on the guy. Why am I going to listen to the devil talk more? Guess what? He didn't take any of my business. I called a couple of people that he had called. I said, this guy called you? Yeah, he was rude. We didn't even like the guy. Who is that guy? Because we have favor. Last thing here, ready? What do we say? I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and and from the perilous COVID-19. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Does this sound like the day we're living in or what? What do we say to these things? I will say of the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. What's a fortress? It's a, it's a, it's a wall that's built around you. 
A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes you shall look and see the reward of the wicked because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. There's many voices out there. There's many voices. What voice are we hearing? Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. No evil shall befall you, nor any plague come near your dwelling. He'll give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. They'll bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the strong. You'll tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall tread underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer. I will be with him in trouble. Notice that in perilous dark times, that it is the refuge and the fortress that we abide under, under his wings. So therefore, none of these things, we can be like Paul, none of these things move me. All it's just this smoke and mirrors because I know my God. Well, what if they kill me? You'll go to heaven. Is that so bad to go to heaven? I can think of a worse place you could go. Somebody said, yeah, Mississippi. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, I'm just kidding. I was born in Mississippi, so I could say that. No, I'm just kidding. So, what's coming out of your mouth? Respond by what you say. And don't allow fear and intimidation of the enemy. Now, I'm not, you know, I know when I tell that story, I'm not promoting that you go around being rude to people. In this instance... That's, that's what I felt like I was supposed to do, to walk away. So you have to be led by the Holy Spirit in that way. So don't, don't think when I tell that story, yeah, Eric said you just go out and just... Uh, uh, uh. But it's just an example of, I'm telling you, this separation, it's going to grow bigger and bigger. In darkness and light. We're a city that's set on a hill. That cannot be hid. Father, thank you for this word today. Lord, we'll be those with no fear. Say this, I will have no fear. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Stand with me. Just lift your hands. Cares, anxiety, worry. Lord, we 
cast those things on you right now? Lord, you said casting all your cares, casting all of our cares. And so just just take a moment, talk to the Lord right now. Say, Lord, I, I give this thing to you. Just talk out loud to him right now. Say, Lord, I give this thing to you, this thing that I've been thinking about, this thing I've been worried about. Lord, I, I give this thing to you right now. I'm casting it on you. I refuse to fear. Say it. I refuse to fear. I will not let fear come in. We thank you for it, Father. And now, Father, by your anointing, Lord, I pray for an infusion of faith to rise in your people. Lord, that they will see They will, that their eyes will be clear, that they'll see, Father, what's the truth and what's the lie. They'll see it. And I thank you, Father, that you grant, as Peter prayed, as Peter prayed, Lord, that you grant your servants with all boldness that that we that we here at Heritage of Faith may speak the word. Say, Lord, Lord. I pray that you grant me boldness as your servant that I may speak with freedom of speech fearlessly your word and Lord I thank you that your word is sharper than a two-edged sword and when it comes out of my mouth it will not return void in Jesus name it will accomplish what you will in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Now give the Lord a good shout.